What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Against All Odds podcast. It's been a while. Matt's been hard to uh, get into this. Um, but let's roll the intro and let's get started. Um, let's get right into it. Tell me where you're born and where you're from, all that stuff. Yeah, so I was born here in Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma. Um, and I grew up um, basically in Mexico City. So I was born here when I was two. Uh, my parents um, are missionaries in Mexico, so they took our family, uh, moved us down to Mexico City, and basically I grew up there uh, from 2 to 18. Um, graduated high school, 18 years old, and then came back to the States, uh, back to Tulsa to go to college here at ORU. Okay. So I was born here, but then it's difficult because people always ask me, like, well, where are you from? And I'm like, well, I'm an American, but yeah. then they're like, well, how do you speak Spanish? And I'm like, well, I grew up in Mexico, so it's hard because home is really you know, in Mexico, because that's where I grew up, and that's where I go home, like, my, that's where my parents live and everything, mm-hmm. so I'm from there, but I also consider myself, like, fully American, um, have an American passport and everything, and I actually don't have anything, like, I don't have a Mexican passport or anything like that, we were just um, permanent residents, uh-huh. but, like, that's still, like, my home, that okay. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and no, it's funny, because the very first time I met you, when I was, like, here last year, mm-hmm. uh, like I was talking with you and like you had like a Tulsa accent, you know, said yeah. y'all and said <laughs> yeah. everything. And all of a sudden, next minute I hear you and you're speaking fluent Spanish to somebody. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. All right. And your name's Matt Rogers. It's like <laughs> the most American name ever. Yeah. <laughs> like people, Matt people, Sheldon. Yeah, seriously. People are like, well, how do you speak Spanish? I'm like, oh, well, I lived in Mexico yeah. for 16 years before I came back. So what was your first language? English. English. Yeah. So because English because, yeah, from, from when I was born until two, it was just in the home English. And then mm-hmm. even when we moved there, it was English in the home and then everywhere else was Spanish. Like my friends in school, all that stuff was Spanish. Um, and I went to like a, a school that had both classes in English and Spanish. So that helped too. Okay. But definitely at home it was always English. So that's my first language. But then Spanish was just, just as much because I was speaking it so much with my friends. Yeah. Um, so. And then so um, you grew up in Mexico when you started playing soccer, I'm guessing. Like, yeah. Um, what, what, when did you start? Like age five? Even before, honestly. Uh-huh. So I got th- we got there when I was two, and then my earliest memories, like as soon as I got there, that because that's all they do. So I was just mm-hmm. right away introduced to the sport, started playing um, with friends in school, kindergarten, all the way up to you know when I graduated high school. So that's when I just everybody does that there. Got there, and that's when I just started playing. Um, fell in love with it, and again kept going until college. And where did it start? Like teams, or was it just in the neighborhood? Like with no, friends? yeah, neighborhood with friends. That's like uh, my first memories. Neighborhood with friends, and then first grade, I remember like vividly, like every recess, every room, just go out and play soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of just where it started. Grew from there. When were you on your first team? First team. So uh, elementary, elementary uh-huh. school, just after school playing. It was more like it wasn't really a league. It was just kind of reg for fun and all that. And then it became serious in middle school, because uh-huh. like middle school, then it was like, okay, we're an official um, team, you know, with you know, we played in different um, high schools around or middle schools around Mexico, and then same thing for high schools around Mexico. Because mm-hmm. I never played club, because in Mexico, when you're trying to like go pro, you go right away to like the big clubs there, like yeah. America and Chivas or Santos, teams like that. They you know have like their regular academies where kids start from, you know very very young and yeah. then they bring them up through the system and then by the time they're 15 16 17 they're going pro mm-hmm. but that was never my story because i just first of all we didn't know anything about it my parents didn't know how it all worked so i just played in high school yeah and then from high school i went to like 
um, like summer camps, mm-hmm. like every kid does. So I came here in the summer, went to summer camps, and that's how I tried to get recruited for college. Okay, okay. And then, uh, but like, so even though you weren't like a professional academy growing up, like mm-hmm. the level, I'm sure, is still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. very good. I mean, super technical. Mm-hmm. Kind of is in Mexico. Is like everybody's very technical. Not as many, I would say, like athletes. Yeah. Especially when I got to like the states in college, it was just different. Like it was mm-hmm. just a lot of athletes. Um, but especially for me growing up, just a lot of technical on the ball. We'd play in the street, like yeah. shoot between like two shoes, two rocks to score goals. Um, yeah, we just kept it. Uh-huh. And, uh, okay, and then so you're playing all the time with your friends, so you're playing every single day probably. Yeah, every single day. Every like, single day. Recent, I was the first one out there recently. I remember <laughs> that because I remember as soon as the bell rang, boom, I was the first one out there. Uh-huh. And I just play the whole time. Do you time. play any other sports? Yeah. So I was, I was doing a lot. I played basketball. I was on the swim team. I played baseball for a year, and then I played American football. Okay. Uh, but I was always so small that, like, for American football, I played, like, one, like, my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. And it's in Mexico, too, so, like, it's not, uh, like, especially in the States, it's like, okay, if you're playing on the, like, varsity team, you're, like, a monster. Probably yeah. just, like, it was just different there. Like, everybody yeah. was pretty much smaller, and I could play. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I was just so small that I just, I stopped doing that. It wasn't even my passion anyway, so... I'd stopped doing that. Um, played a little bit of uh, varsity basketball um, mm-hmm. two years in high school. Enjoyed that, but ultimately, like, soccer. I just wanted to play soccer. Uh-huh. Okay. And then so your parents are – what are your parents' backgrounds? Are they both American? They're Canadian? Is it yeah. Canadian so my American? dad's Canadian. Uh-huh. So whenever – like, I have dual citizenship with Canada, <laughs> even though I've never lived there. Yeah. Because my dad's Canadian. My mom's American. And they met here in Tulsa mm-hmm. and then moved to Mexico. Okay. So it's funny because I tell people I'm North American because, like, my dad's Canadian. <laughs> that's that's yeah, smart, yeah, yeah. My mom, American, and I'm American. And then I lived in Mexico. Yeah. And that's my home. So I kind of – I go all three. Yeah. But I never have anything Mexican. I'm, I'm just North American. Yeah, just I'm just North American. Yeah. <laughs> so that will be good for you when the uh, when the World Cup is here. Was that 2026? Or, yeah. And it's all in North America. You can yeah. just go all through your different homes and family. Exactly. <laughs> and they're going to play, like – Estadio Azteca in Mexico uh-huh. City, mm-hmm. and I think there's a couple venues here. And then, why were they playing in Canada? I'm, Vancou- I, don't know I think Vancouver. Playing. Vancouver, that makes sense. Yeah, that's sick though. Um, and that's where my dad's from. He's from Vancouver. Oh, too. he's from yeah. Vancouver. So I have family like right there. Uh, have you been to Vancouver? Yeah, I love Vancouver. Beautiful. It's sick. yeah, yeah, yeah. Winters aren't even that bad compared to elsewhere in Canada. You know? Yeah, I've only gone in the summer though. Oh, yeah, summers are so nice. Summers are so nice yeah. <laughs> Um, so then, so you're going back, so you're coming back here in the summers and, and yes. playing. How did you, how did you find the level coming back to American soccer after playing down in Mexico every single day? Yeah. So, cause for me, it was like just growing up every summer we came back here, but I wasn't really playing cause we just, we'd see family or do mm-hmm. whatever. And then my first time actually experiencing like college soccer my freshman year when I came and showed up to preseason. But the thing was okay. I didn't get recruited uh-huh. cause it was just tough cause I had just played high school, no clubs, mm-hmm. right? And I went to these summer camps, but none of the colleges that I wanted to like go to were even interested in me because mm-hmm. they'd never seen me play. And I my videos were like bad. Like it's yeah. just it was just tough to get good footage in high school. So what I ended up doing is I just came here and I I walked onto the team at ORU. Really? Yeah. So I just like I it was a really funny story. I basically showed up one day um, when the team was practicing and I like talked to the coach. I was like, hey, like I want to go here. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he gets that like a yeah. thousand times, right? Like yeah. how many coaches have kids like, hey, I want to play, you know? <laughs> and he had never, didn't know who I was, never mm-hmm. seen me play. I didn't have good footage. And he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like kind of just brushed me aside. Yeah. And that was in 
the spring of my senior year mm-hmm. of high school. So I kind of had to make a decision. Like kids were already making decisions in the fall, right? Yeah. And I had still gone all the way to the spring, had not decided where I want to go. Wow. So I was like, well, I had two sisters that went there to that university. Mm-hmm. I found out they, they were D1. So I was like, okay, like it's in Tulsa. I have family here. It worked out. Yeah. So I basically, and I had no offer. Like he wasn't going to offer me anything because he didn't know who I was. Yeah. So basically what I did is I was like, okay, I'm going to commit here and try to walk onto the team mm-hmm. and see if he like wants me. So it's really funny. Fast forward to like that August, I like showed up and I literally saw the coach and I was like, hey, like I go here, like, can I try out? Did and he, he remember like, you? Like, No, no. He was yeah. just like, kind of like the, I think the assistant remembered me uh-huh. um, and the assistant was the one I talked to and he was like, hey, we're going to have a trial in like a month, like come. Yeah. But like had no real expectation for me. Like mm-hmm. it was just like, kind of like a courtesy, like, yeah, come to trial, whatever. Yeah. Like we, we gave you a chance and that's it. So anyway, same thing. Like a month later, I showed up um, to the tryout. And like 40 guys were there, like mm-hmm. just trying out for the team. And they, two of us got the call back. So wow. me and another guy, they were like, hey, but they didn't even like tell us we're on the team. They're just like, come back for like another week. Uh-huh. So like, keep playing, see if we like you. Yeah. Did that for like another week. Um, ended up being like three weeks total. And then they were like, all right, you're like on the team official. Wow. So, so you, so when you were growing up and everything, like from two to 18 in your head, it wasn't like, yeah, I want to be a pro. It wasn't like, were you even thinking like college soccer? I'm for sure want to play college soccer. Like. I'm just doing this because I'm good at it. I like it and it's fun. And no, we'll so, see where it can go. so whenever anybody growing up, like from two to 18, anybody asked me what I want to do, I was like, I want to play pro. Okay. But I didn't know, and especially living in Mexico, I had no idea how to do that. Because I if see, you weren't playing in the academies, because these kids go pro at 15, 16, yeah. 17, right? Mm-hmm. I was so late to the game and I didn't know how it worked and we didn't really have connections, you know, mm-hmm. um, that I was just like, well, okay, I'll just try to go college because mm-hmm. I figured that's what. I knew that people would do, and then you can play from there. So as soon as, by the time I realized I was probably freshman year of high school, I was like, okay, from here, I just got to play good three more years and go to college and then see from there. I see. And then once I was in college, I was like, okay. And then I made the team and everything. I was like, okay, I can really do this. This would be the pathway for me. But I definitely knew growing up I wanted to be it. I just didn't know like how to even do it. Yeah. I had no direction. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's hard because it's like did your parents play soccer at all? No. No, okay. my dad was played hockey. He's a Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played hockey. Now he's just golf. Like mm-hmm. that's all he does now. Um so never, no one really knew the sport yeah. or like how everything worked within the the pro arena. Mm-hmm. So. That that was like similar, but I was American. Like my dad's American football guy, basketball guy. That was those were his sports. Yeah. And I just ended up going down the soccer route. But the same thing. We didn't even know what club soccer was in America. Exactly. Until I literally come home from school one day and my mom's like you know club soccer? I was like, nope. She's like, well, there's tryouts. Do you want to go? I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? That was how like it worked. Yeah. You know? But it was like that. But and then you had even the extra um, barrier of being in a completely new country too. Yeah. And then so I see that. So like your 14 freshman year, you're you're seeing kids in the academy signing pro. Yeah. You want to be there, but you you already haven't played in the academy. Yeah. Those kids a, have been there for like eight years already because mm-hmm. they started so young, mm-hmm. and they know them. And then you're just like wait okay i needed to actually do that but by that time it's already too late because yeah. i was already like 15 16 by the time i should be going pro and i'm still playing high school you yeah know? but i yeah. was like okay well at this point let me just go college route. yeah I so I, that's what i did and then how was like for those academy teams do they have tryouts at the youth level or is it more like it, it kind of like you need to know somebody to get like a trial probably both i don't have that much um like even knowledge about it still yeah but i would assume like yeah you'd probably um if you started young enough and like had a trial and, and like you're an eight-year-old kid was good mm-hmm. they could probably make it but it also definitely helps if you know the right people yeah. and just be like hey i have a really good 12 year old you know that can play and they get you in yeah so it's a lot of connections um especially in mexico it's like who you know but 
yeah, it just never happened for me because we didn't have him. Like, my parents knew nothing about him. Yeah. And so. I always say, like, if my kid wants to go to the soccer route, he's going to be so much well more Whoa. informed than, than me. Even yeah. now, looking back, like, for college, because I didn't know what I was doing for college, is, like, how to talk to college coaches. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would send, like, 20 emails and be like, hey, I'm interested, like, please take a look at me. Yeah. And never get a reply, mm-hmm. right? And now that I've gone through it four years later and looking back, I'm like, okay, this is how you actually do it. This, you know, I yeah. can help, like, one day I can help my son and be yeah. like, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea. I was, like, the first one to pave the way and, like, no one knew. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, even, even for me going into the USL route, like, the very first year out of college, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how, what, <laughs> okay, what's my first step? I kept on asking, like, what's my first step? But it's, it's it, looking back on it, it's so funny. It's like, that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. And then, so were you doing any like? Did you have like a one-on-one trainer? Did you do any extra training on your own, or was it literally just I'm gonna play in the street, play with my friends, and just do tons and tons of like five aside? Yeah, never, never once did I had someone personal train me. Uh-huh. Like it's, I literally every day from like freshman year to senior year was just practice twice a twice or like five days a week, two hours, uh-huh. Monday through Friday, and then play on weekends, right? Mm-hmm. And then just practice two hours a day. Uh, but never once did like personal training. I, I honestly didn't even know it like it really existed. I didn't know about the world of like personal training mm-hmm. until I got to the States. I see. Because there it was just like, everybody just played for fun. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it yeah. wasn't like, oh, go training, get better. We were just all going out, playing at recess mm-hmm. um, and having fun. We never like paid it somebody to like teach yeah. us. Yeah, and it's funny because all the foreigners that I've had on the podcast, that's how it is. Brazilians, yeah. John from Portugal, like everybody, yeah. that's how it is. In America, at the, at the same time too, if I go out in my neighborhood and play um, like sports, we're yeah. not playing soccer, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, let's toss a football around. Let's yeah. play basketball, exactly. basketball and football. And then like, other than that, we ride our bikes around, but nobody in my neighborhood played soccer, except for me and my brother. Yeah. And so we would play one-on-one all the time, but you can only do so much one v one, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then we would train and do extra stuff because it's just, it's not the same. Like we can't go into my yeah. neighborhood and play. So it's like I'm jealous of that, but all at the same time, like I had a, a trainer that trained me from like 13 to 16, and they pushed me, you know. And mm-hmm. I saw like open up my eyes about that. But it's just different worlds. There's yeah. like pros and cons to both, but it, it would be cool just to step out and play five side anytime you want to. That's good. Everybody yeah. wanted to play, so yeah. you just go out and play. And it's the best thing too. You're inside tight spaces, technical work. Like yeah. then you get to the big field, and you have so much time and space, you know. Yeah. Um, so then. Uh, so you knew you were going to go to ORU, like mm-hmm. that's the school that you, cause you reached out to schools, but you didn't get any replies because you didn't do it, you know, the, take the best approach. So yeah. you kind of like, did you, did you like settle for ORU? Like, okay, yeah, I'll go here and we'll figure it out. So, so what ended up happening, I went to like four different camps and out of all those camps, like I did well and everything. Mm-hmm. One team in California offered me, it was like D2, mm-hmm. but I was, and I was young too. I was so set, like, oh, I wouldn't accept anything beyond D1. Like, and at the time, I always thought, like, I just D1, D1, right? But you don't realize that there's really good schools that are yeah. other levels. You find out later, right? You can go pro from NAIA. Literally, yeah. there's really good NAIA NA teams, but I had no idea. I was just, like, set, like, I'm going D1, right? So I, in my mind, this is, like, 17-year-old me was like, okay, I got an offer from D2. Like, no, aside. Then mm-hmm. I got an offer, same, D2 in um, Colorado, like, CSU Pueblo. Yeah. Colorado State Pueblo. I was like... Thank you to the coach and anything, but I was like, no, nah, like I need to play D one. Mm-hmm. Still like dumb. <laughs> um, and then it that's when I came to ORU and I was like, oh, they're D one. Like I found out, I had no idea. I mm-hmm. found out, and the whole thing was like I had sisters um, that went to the school, so like they were getting me connected to people mm-hmm. and they like helped me meet some different people. And I was like, okay, this is gonna be a good school. It's in town. It's D one. How many like, people go to family. ORU? Like right now, probably like 
five thousand. Okay. It's a small school. But decent size still, like not, decent, not like too small. Not not super small, yeah. but still not compared to like your other D ones. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so small. Um, I think UC Davis had forty thousand people. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's huge. <laughs> um, so like small school, small community, everybody kind of knows each other. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I went on campus, did a tour. I was like, yeah, I want to go here. Mm-hmm. So at that point, that's when I just decided to go there. I had no like commitment from the coach, no like, hey, we got a spot for you. Just yeah. I committed and showed up and was like, hey, I want to play on the team. Um, <laughs> that's bold too to turn down D two offers to go mm-hmm. and try to walk on. Yeah, because even that, like looking back on it, you you know you, you might think, oh wow, that was risky. But at the time, you're like, no, no, no this is it's gonna work out. Like, yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean that's that's bold to turn down. Because I put I put all my eggs in one basket. Because I was like, if they would have said no to me there, yeah. I had no other options. Yeah. I would have had to like dean roll or you because mm-hmm. I still wanted to play. I would have like had to find another school. Yeah. But at that point, who's gonna sign? Like it's already August, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like mid August. Everybody's had their preseason you games. Had to wait until exactly yeah. another year, which ended up happening to me because I didn't know about uh, NCAA clearinghouse. Oh, because I I was I was in, I was in another country. I had no idea how yeah. things worked here. Uh-huh. So then I get here. They're like, "Yes, we want you on the team." But they're mm-hmm. like, "Have you cleared with NCAA and all this stuff?" And I was like, "I had no idea what you're talking about. Like yeah. clearinghouse. Like what is that?" So then I that ended up costing me a year. So I redshirted that okay. that freshman year. So I got there, was on the team, but I couldn't play. Um, that I learned through that experience too. Mm-hmm. Ended up funniest stories. Like four years later, it ended up like helping me because I was able to like do grad school mm-hmm. and finish out my, you know, last year of soccer. So I got an undergrad and grad degree in five years. So yeah. I was there five years and yeah. then ended up working out for me. That's funny if you said that too, because like for me, like, because I came in freshman year and I started some games and played in every single game. Mm-hmm. And like at the time I was like, this is awesome. You know, yeah. I had so much success, but then I had to drop out of school early mm-hmm. to once I was done, I was like, okay, I need to go, you know, at the same time, like I didn't even get my degree and then you're, you know, got your grad degree. Yeah. Um, and it's also too, like looking back, it's like maybe I should have, instead of having a season as an 18 year old freshman baby, mm-hmm. if it would have been better to have that year as a 22 year old, yeah. like, experienced player mm-hmm. but yeah um okay so that's crazy so you're going to ORU you're talking to the coaches again you get the you get the trial 40 players are in mm-hmm. only you and another guy make it did the other guy end up signing for the team too because you said he, two players got called back he did okay so yeah both so he and guys... I both ended up on the team that year mm-hmm. um was he, he was a year older so he only played one year okay I think if I remember right we either one or two uh-huh. but I still had four years of eligibility uh-huh yeah because he was actually it was weird he was like a track athlete so he had already used like two years of eligibility mm-hmm. and then switched. So, but he was there two years, and then I was there. I had four years. Uh huh. Okay. So then after your freshman year, you redshirted. Mm-hmm. How did the How did your career go the next four years? So then from there, um, that spring I was eligible. Uh-huh. So that that spring I played uh, almost all the games. Came back that uh, fall, and mm-hmm. from there it was like a like I played in almost every game. Was like starting by that by midseason I was like starting every game. Had like earned my spot and everything. Um, and then I spent like two years um, playing for like starting and all that kind of stuff. And then my last two years, I was I got the call. I was captain. Um, my final two years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it was just I worked my way up and I just like kept grinding um, every year, coming back and ended up playing like a, I had a good career. Like mm-hmm. played my four years, um, started like most of them, probably three out of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, had a good career. And uh, you played right mid the whole time. So I was, I was right mid, forward, um, and like sometimes center mid, okay. but not not often. Uh huh. Mostly right mid and forward. I mm-hmm. never played 
right back or left back. Yeah, because we I didn't say your position, but you you are you're kind of all over the place here I'm too. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've played here on this team. You've played right back, left back, defensive center mid, center mid, right mid. You and play left, mid. left mid too. Yeah. So you play. So every, yeah, ever except forward uh-huh. and center back. How was how was going from college being mainly attacking position to now? I mean, last game you played right mid, but yeah. um, you've mainly played more in the fullback position. Yes. How was that like transition from that? Big big transition. So, because in college only one time I had to play left back because someone got injured and they're like, we're man down. Yeah. So for like twenty minutes I had to play left back, <laughs> yeah. and and I remember that moment. It was in conference, uh, like a final, conference final. So it was a big game. And I was like, whoa, this is different. Like seeing the whole game from back yeah, here. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen it before, right? And that was the only time they moved me out of there. Played 20 minutes, like four years mm-hmm. at fullback. And then I got here, um, and they were like, right away I was right back, left back. And yeah. it was just completely different. Um, on Like so, so many things that I had to learn. Like even just like stepping with your line. And yeah, like... Yeah. As soon as we like ball goes up, like everybody steps, and you then know? you look over and the whole line's up. Yeah, five yeah, because you're so used to like you don't really like. <laughs> yeah, there's no like that. No, because you're yeah. especially like right mid. You're more you're kind of just free and like yeah, you know you're gonna press the fullback or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just staying connected and moving with the four was was tough. And then like the diagonal ball yeah. that you have to deal with because mm-hmm. you're like shifting over, staying connected. Diag comes and as it's soon like, as you see that defender start to like look over, you're going. Dude, exactly. Yeah. So th- that was a big adjustment, and then just like the speed of play too from college to pro was just like you have no time. Like yeah. it's you're. It's a one touch. You're moving it, or you're gonna lose the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then, so talk about that. From you went from ORU, and what? How old were you? Because you, when you first went to ORU. Yeah. Old? So I graduated um, uh, high school, turned 18, and then went to college. Uh-huh. So I was like, kind of old for my grade. I'm mm-hmm. a 93, mm-hmm. so I was kind of old. And then I went to ORU, and I was there five years. So I graduated at 23 mm-hmm. um, from grad school. I finished everything. And then I, I had a break there because I, I worked full time. Okay. Before yeah, yeah. I went pro. Yeah. Talk talk about that. Yeah. So basically. Um, so you I, graduated and I graduated. In, in your head because you said that you wanted to be a pro. Yeah. But yeah. So did you? Have, okay. Yeah, so talk. I'm not gonna talk. You no, talk. you're good. So basically, <laughs> what happened is my last year I had a full semester left of grad school. Mm-hmm. Like, and that would have been it. Like, I just have to finish this semester in the spring to graduate in grad school. Mm-hmm. And that fall, I had finished my senior year, so I was done with soccer. Mm-hmm. Basically, I made the decision, instead of going pro then, um, in January, like mm-hmm. most people would, like you finish your college career, like try to go to the combine or do something, right? Play USL or whatever. Um, after a conversation with my dad and everything, I decided to finish out that last semester of school. Uh-huh. So instead of going pro, I stayed in college. It was like That was the hardest semester of my life because you do like your your final project for grad school is this huge project or whatever. That one and other classes were difficult. So I just stayed there and grinded out. Didn't play for like six months, right? Because mm-hmm. like that whole semester didn't play. Graduated, right? Because I really wanted to graduate with my MBA. I knew that if I left, it would be very difficult. Like it was <laughs> nearly impossible or like I wouldn't ever go back and yeah. get it. Like kind of like, you're yeah. still, like you, know, you know what I mean? Like you're so close. Yeah. And that's a, a lot of guys like that too. It's like, man, they're missing like three classes but it's you know they they're doing yeah, their thing because i haven't took a class since 2014 and it's 2019 yeah and, and i don't have any plans of stopping anytime soon yeah so so i knew that I was like okay if i can just finish out the semester we'll see what happens after that because i i had no options either with like pro like i had no connections really i could have mm-hmm. probably gotten them from my coach like my college coach could help me but at that point i had Talked with my family, and I was like, okay, I'm going to finish out, get my MBA. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I grinded out that semester, hardest semester of my life, even without playing soccer. Yeah. 
finished in May, and at that point, it was like, okay, well, season's already rolling. Like, USL's already going, MLS are going, like, mm-hmm. all this stuff is already going in the U.S. Um, and I kind of had another conversation with my family, and I was like, this opportunity came up with this job. Mm-hmm. Uh, in town, the company's called Hilti. It's basically like they sell power tools. Great company, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of friends that work for them, and um, they were hiring for, like, a sales position. And honestly, I was just like sounded like an awesome opportunity a lot of money like yeah. all this stuff like sales so like i was pretty good at it it went with my major and everything so it made sense and so i remember a specific conversation with my mom where she was like well if you go here like what about playing you know like you could do this you could play mm-hmm. and i was like no like i i want to like at the time it was just like okay it's a lot of money it's a good first job yeah definitely like a resume builder yeah um i was like i want to do this at least for now so basically i took the job started in august mm-hmm. uh, so i graduated in may started in august and yeah i was doing that full time so i was basically like an eight to five desk job um got there a great company great people i worked with yeah but that was august of 2017 and i worked there for like my first six months it was just great it was like a great experience like loved the company the people i worked with and everything was doing really well like making sales all this stuff and at some point, like, I was still playing, um, like, Sunday League, you yeah. know, or, like, indoor, like, Soccer City, all uh-huh. that stuff. I was still playing, and in the back of my mind, it was still, like, wait, can I, like, still do this? Like, can I still go play, right? And I, like, still had the desire to do it. But I was, like, well, I have a really nice job. Like, I'm making a lot of money. Like, do I really want to do this and give all this up to mm-hmm. go play? And I had no direction if I wanted to go play pro. Like, I had yeah, no connections. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know people, anything. And at some point in April of 2018 um i went home to mexico i was just there with my family for a little vacation and i had like another conversation with my family i was like well um like i just told them i was like i think i want to quit my job and try to go play pro and they were like super supportive i thought they were gonna be like no like you can't like (laughs) your career's taking off like because the the thing was the company wanted to promote me like they wanted Mm -hmm. to um it was going well it was going really well like they wanted to send me they basically move you to a place and they promote you and you can make more and do sales and all that stuff yeah and they wanted to send me like to florida um and i was like i was really close to taking the position Mm -hmm. but i was like look like i have a window that i could play yeah like i have to take this opportunity that was in april but still, I have no plan, no idea how to do this, right? Yeah. So, like, a couple months roll by. I'm still, every day, I'm showing up to work. And at this point, it became, like, redundant. I was, it was really just an 8 to 5. Like, I was sitting at my desk, and it was just, I was doing the same thing kind of over and over again, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, I was, I was made for more than this, right? And so, I basically took, like, two more months, and by July, okay, so that, that year, I actually went to the World Cup. So, mm-hmm. that was 2018. That was last summer. Yeah, a couple of buddies and I like saved up and went to the World Cup. Okay, in in Russia. Yeah. So in June I go to the World Cup, wow. which obviously again sparks my like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets the World Cup. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Um, and because I already in April in my mind I hadn't told anybody except my parents. Uh-huh. In my mind I was like, okay, I'm gonna quit and go pro, mm-hmm. but I had I didn't know how to do it. So then I go to the World Cup. Amazing experience. Got to go to like three games in person. Watched all the ones. I got to see Mexico beat Germany. Wow. Um, like in the stadium, wow. like yeah, Mexico jersey on, like yeah. thousands of fans. Screen. It was insane. One was that of the best before Mexico is over the U.S. or so when they play each other. What's your gut? Okay, so this is my answer to everybody. This happens <laughs> yeah. my entire life. Yeah. This is what happened to me. I literally tell them like, "Who do you love more, your mom or your dad?" Because <laughs> that's how I feel. Yeah. Like literally, I love both countries. 
like deep in my heart. So you know, I literally cheer for both of them. So then so when they play each no, other, no, in your gut, you're not like you're just rooting for that guy to score no, a little bit more. No, they're wow. literally like the same to me. Wow. Okay. Like people in college would always make fun of me because when they would play each other, like Gold Cup or whatever, mm. I'd wear Mexico jersey one half, US the other. I swear, like I'd <laughs> have one of those. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I would take it off. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, we should get one of those. That I know. Yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, but dude, I just I love both countries mm-hmm. the same. They both like. Oh, anyway, so because I've talked to some players that are like that, born in Mexico but lived their whole whole life in the U.S. And they or feel something, like one and like their gut is like, no, I, I literally have tried to root for the U.S. and it, I can't. I have to root for this. Or yeah. someone's like, well, that's funny. You're literally, no, I'm you're literally truly a North American. Truly split, like <laughs> yeah. everywhere. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I literally don't know how to answer the question. But anyway, that World Cup, U.S. didn't make it, obviously. Yeah. So I was just full on my Mexico gear. Mm-hmm. We win the game, amazing experience, um, and then I come back. So that was like mid-June, um, come back to the States, still doing my job and everything. Mm-hmm. And I like, I was like, okay. Like, I just, I had made the decision. I just needed to like bite the bullet and let's do it. Yeah. So I was really scared because my bosses had been great with me. I was really scared to just tell them like, look, like this is what I want to do. I want to like quit here and I want to go try to play pro. Because mm-hmm. that was, I thought they would be so disappointed in me because they were going to promote me. They had been talking about moving me, all this stuff. I was just scared to tell them that. But I was like, look, I know what I need to do. So I went up to them and I was like, look, this is my plan. It was July 9th, 2018. I still mm-hmm. remember. And I told my boss, I was like, look, this is what I want to do. She was like, that's amazing. Like super supportive. She mm-hmm. was like, I think you should do it. All this stuff. And I was like, wow. man, this is the right decision. Like, let's <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. So two weeks later, I was I put in my two weeks then. Two weeks later was my last day. I said bye to everybody. But you got to keep in mind, I still had no connections with anybody. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is one of the guys that I – played with in college mm-hmm. Wayne Farmer okay went to ORU mm-hmm. and he got hired as the GM of the Roughnecks mm-hmm. so I basically in a short message reached out to him was like hey like this is what I'm trying to do is there any way you can get me a trial with the Roughnecks because mm-hmm. that's the only team I knew and I knew I wanted to play for them yeah because um, like USL good level I'd been to tons of games you know over college career mm-hmm. I was like look I want to play is there any way you can give me a tryout and that my last day was like for Hilti was a Friday. I texted him on Sunday and Sunday night, he texted me back like full week schedule. Like, hey, come, this is our week schedule for the Roughnecks. Were you fit? Like, come on trial. Like- so funny thing is that I had been playing Sunday league. Mm-hmm. So like just 77 outdoor, right? That Sunday, mm-hmm. the same day I texted him, we had a final for our Sunday league. <laughs> but after, cause I was, I was trying to get fit already cause I knew I was trying yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. After the final, like, I just run a ton. I did, like, uh, sprints. Mm-hmm. Like, 15 sprints. I was dead, right? I was dead <laughs> tired because I was like, if he answers, like, I want to be able to go. Mm-hmm. So that was a Sunday. I do sprints, and I'm dead tired. He texts me. He's like, come to practice Monday. <laughs> the very next day, the very next day, I show up to practice, yeah. right? And they had, the Roughnecks had played Saturday. Uh-huh. And on Monday, for the guys that hadn't trained or had, hadn't played, they yeah. did fitness. <laughs> so I show up dead tired yeah. and my first day like with the pro club uh-huh. they did fitness and i could tell you exactly how that session went they started us on it was the the you know the big um like the turf field yeah it was yeah. just the turf field and uh-huh. they were just doing like sprint jog sprint oh. jog around the whole field like uh-huh. big distance for like it was a time it was like 15 to 20 minutes and it was my <laughs> my first session i was already dead tired my legs were so sore yeah but i was like or whatever i sucked it up 
How how uh, were you like middle of the pack? Were you able? To, I was like, middle. Okay. I was middle. Yeah, I definitely wasn't because like, the, the top. good thing too in midseason, a lot of players you know like that aren't starting don't yeah. give a hundred percent effort. Yeah. So you could probably like. And that's just something everybody was like, go slow, go slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like the and one like, guy on trial, like thank you, <laughs> yeah. like in the back, not talking to anybody. I'm like, yeah, go slow, go slow. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely just stayed middle of the pack. I didn't want to be last, obviously, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna be the first. You don't want to be the guy. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. Like try hard, and then everybody hates you. Yeah, it's your first day. Yeah. So I just stayed middle of the pack, did my thing, head down, right. Uh, and then from there, I basically spent two months on trial. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, like, I mean, it was great. Like, got to know the guys, super nice. They're all friendly. Um, basically, I just spent from, it was basically August, so about a year ago, last week, mm-hmm. um, on trial until the end of their season. Mm-hmm. And basically told them, like, look, I'm looking to play. Had talks with the coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, season ended went on a long and that's when I met you last year because remember we were both on yeah because I came like first or second week of September yeah and you were there for like like five the end of the season yeah so I was basically just there four weeks before you Mm -hmm. and then finished out the season and you know three months of off season and everything Mm -hmm. and then came back and signed yeah and so how was training like you said the level it was fast Um, yes how was the the first week of training with them like did you feel like yeah. you're like yeah so right in here i can do this or so as soon as i got there um what they needed a lot was like fullbacks yeah and, they, and that's why i jumped in at right back because i was just oh, trying to okay. anywhere where they needed me yeah. i wanted to like go out there and obviously play mm-hmm. so um because in a trial you have to fight for the any minutes you can get literally yeah. anything i wasn't gonna like i was just gonna take anything they gave me yeah. right so there was times they were just like playing a game they're like hey we need to right back like go mm-hmm. and i would just jump in because i'd played right mid um and I could defend, so I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll go. Mm. And that's how I started. Um, that's when I first started playing fullback, and that's when I started learning, okay, like, high level, like, I need to learn this quick. Um, but it was good. I mean, the team was really good, in my opinion, like, good players and everything. Mm. Didn't have the best season, but ended up playing with them for two months at a high level. Definitely got better. Definitely got more fit after mm-hmm. that. Um, started playing more right back. Then they'd be like, hey, we need it left back, and I'd go. Mm-hmm. Literally, I was just utility. Like, wherever they needed yeah. me, I'd go. Like, I'd go forward sometimes. I yeah, remember yeah. I'd go right mid. Right, like, I was just wherever they need me, I want to play. So I just did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, and, like, because, like, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, I'm only going to play. Yeah, like I'm only going to go. I'm like, you're on trial. I just go on the field because if they can see you as like a good outside back, like one, what happened to you? They're like, yeah, we'll take you for outside back next year. But like, if you can play a good fullback, you know, he's skilled. He's doing well. What's his real position? Oh, he's a right mid. Yeah, let's test him at right mid. You know, you have to get on the field just to show what you can do. That's exactly. Like I'll go. I because I've been on trials where I've played center mid, center back, like jumped in anywhere and then they see they're like oh he can actually play and then the coach pulls me aside and goes like so what what's your actual position and i'm like well i like to be on the outsides like outside mid outside back and then they'll be like okay um yeah let's uh let's put you in your actual position and then they actually take a look at you but yeah it's it's smart you got to get on the field you got to do yeah. something um especially because you get some like you know some dick player that is out there and you try to be like hey what's up and he's like no no, no. And exactly you, and then you don't get any minutes exactly because yeah. you're like oh i'm only gonna go right mid and you will literally not play because yeah. that right mid is not gonna move yeah so anywhere they needed me i was like boom i'm there yeah so i just play yeah, and that's why because i was talking with ivan mirkovich yeah and i was like so i was like hey can i come and just train because i just came back from new zealand my season new zealand finished up end of august and yeah so yeah. i was like okay well i don't want to have a five month off yeah. season so i was like hey can i come and just train and he's just like, yeah, we actually need fullbacks. Like, we got like a, we don't have that many fullbacks. I was mm-hmm. like, perfect. 
So then I came in, and that's where we would always remember. It was like one of the mats, like play fullback. That, that's that. exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, hey, one of the mats go. For the and then you'd team. be like, okay, you go this time, and I'll go the next time. Yeah, you and then yeah. we'd switch, remember? <laughs> yeah. We used to do that. And yeah. the next day, then I'd be like, I'd start, and then you go second half or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that. Um, and then so off season so uh, season ended for them right when playoffs started so they yeah. were it was like October 15th or something their season yeah, was right over um, how was your first I guess your first off season as mm-hmm. a as a pro like what'd you what'd you do did you just stay and train yeah so basically what I did is season ended right and I like basically had that's all I was doing really was just playing mm-hmm. and then that was my first experience of wow okay after 12 like I have a rest of the day kind of off kind of yeah. thing you know so I wasn't working anywhere um, but from then, yeah, I started training. Um, there's just like this local guy that you might, his name is Alex. He works at Titan sometimes. Mm-hmm. He does like little trainings. Um, we would do sessions with him mm-hmm. and have college guys come in because they were just finishing up by like November, December. A lot of college guys were just done with their season just, you know, for winter break or whatever. Yeah. So I basically just trained that full three months um, doing whatever I could. And I actually worked at the same time because I was like, okay. I have a lot of free time, so I'll just... Back at Hilti or...? No. So, uh, well, Hilti told me that when I left there, they were like, hey, you're welcome back anytime. Okay. But that's definitely more of like a full-time position. Mm-hmm. They don't like, want you to come back for three yeah, months. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They're not going to hire you back for three months. So basically what I did, I, dude, I, I found a job just hanging Christmas lights. Really? I, yeah, straight up. I knew a friend of a friend was like, mm-hmm. hey, this guy needs help. Like, go out there, decent pay. And I literally showed up and I was like, hey, like, I'm here. I can help after I train in the morning. Like, I have the rest of the day, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. So they start in, like, October. So literally, like, that week after the season ended and I was already starting to train again, uh, I found the job and they were like, hey, come help us hang Christmas lights. Okay. So I literally would go train in the morning and the afternoon and go hang Christmas lights all over the city. <laughs> wow. um, and then, yeah, I just, that's all I did. Uh-huh. And decent money and yeah, I had to do something. Um, so that's going to be my question, too, because, like, you left in July. But, like, since you were training, like, you didn't get paid. You know, we didn't no. get paid when we were training with the team. So did you have money saved up, too? And you just obviously you're in living it, um, yeah. like, home, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, so basically my final check, because um, they do – I was doing sales at Hilti, so they do mm-hmm. bonus and everything. So I made a really good bonus, and I basically lived off my bonus for those months. Mm-hmm. So from July to November, uh-huh. that I had no income. I was yeah. just living off what I had made, yeah. and then from there I started working. I had income again, mm-hmm. but it was yeah, it was kind of it was that it was like it's hard two or three months where it was like nothing was coming in, and I was just it was just yeah. going out every day. I remember when I was the very my same thing my first year out of college, uh, I didn't even get a real job or anything, but like I lived at home, and mm-hmm. then once I got opportunity at Sacramento Republic, yeah, to just and they basically said, look, we need training players to come in, step in wherever you can, utility player type thing. Um, so for all of 2015 season, they're like, just help train with us. We'll cover your expenses. It's mm-hmm. pretty much my gas. Play with our semi-affiliate PDL team, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> but, like, I wasn't making the money. They, the whole season, I think, got, like, $1,000 to cover gas. And then so, like, I was living on the mattress in my friend's kitchen, flipping mm-hmm. up the mattress. I was, like... Uh, coaching, doing one like a couple mm-hmm. of sessions and have yeah. that, but I'd have to be having the Fruit Loops in the morning, and then yeah. I'd be like, okay, maybe I can get Chipotle this week, you know? Yeah. And like, it's a grind, but like, you, it's good. It's like the only time in your life that you can live like that and oh, like yeah. go for something. Yeah. And then so, so you train it all off season. Um, were you? Did you? Because we kind of talked a little bit. Did you have like all your eggs in this Tulsa Roughnecks basket? Or yeah. 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 So like I said, I, in July, same thing with college. I had no idea how 
professional, like everything worked. Yeah. Like I had no connections with anybody mm. except uh, that Wayne was my connection at the Roughnecks. Mm. And it ended up working great with him. He was able to give me the training schedule and everything. But what would, had, what, let's go back. What, if, what would you have done if he would have said, no, you can't come in? Exactly. I, w- I literally would have tried anywhere else, but I had no I had no. You would have just started cold calling, cold emailing. Yeah. And see, I would have okay. probably, at that time, I probably got an agent, been like, okay, what are my real options? Because yeah. I knew a real option was like, hey, the Tulsa Roughnecks, like I could play for them. Yeah. But I would have had to figure something out. But definitely, 100%, I had all my eggs in like uh-huh. this. I hope, like, I want this to work out. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. play for Tulsa. I felt like I lived here, you mm-hmm. know, a long time. I was born here, all this stuff. So I knew I wanted to play here. But had he said no, that text would be like, no, you can't come. Like, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. You probably would have found a way to work, but it would have been a lot of work, extra yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, so yeah, so an off-season similar mm-hmm. thing, huh? You were like, kind of like, because you didn't, did you reach out to any other teams and like? No. So, <laughs> so I had talked, <laughs> yeah, I did, I told you, I remember preseason I told you. Yeah, we you talked this. about this. <laughs> I, so I literally, season ended, had a conversation with the coach, and he was, he said he was very interested, mm-hmm. right? But you know, like that really, that doesn't mean anything you know they're trying yeah. to no matter even the most honest coach in the world some stuff can come up you know yeah yeah, yeah. so but he was very he was very clear he's like hey i'm interested yeah mike's up front he yeah he was super it. upfront yeah. about it so he was like look i'm interested but right now we got to figure out some things because the he he was he was interim coach because the other coach i got fired so he needed to figure out his situation he was honest with me about that which is great mm-hmm. um so then from there he was like look i'm interested i was like great and then i Basically, um, it was really funny because I kind of went on, like, I, he said, I'm interested, but I never gave him any of my contact info, right? Yeah. So I kind of, in a weird way, was, like, bluffing because I was like, I'm just going to train. And if he said he's interested, like, he might reach out to me. And he actually, the last time I talked to him, he said, I'll reach out to you, okay. right? But I didn't give him any of my contact info. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if he somehow gets my phone number, like, he gets my phone number. Like, <laughs> he said he was going to reach out, and he's a man of his word, yeah. right? So I, I kept doing my thing, kept training for, like, there's two two months like I heard nothing and I was just like in that's the dark a long time two months yeah. yeah I was just in the dark training every day working hanging mm-hmm. Christmas lights like doing my thing not knowing that like okay if you, like if that call's ever gonna come mm-hmm. so long story short by the time December hit um, I got a text from the coach and he was like hey I want you to come to the combine mm-hmm. and um, at that point I was like yeah great like I'll come yeah. I was I was kind of like expecting him to more reach out like I saw me right away, mm. um, which would have been great. But he was like, "Hey, I want you to come to the combine," which I thought was fair. Like, mm. need to see me against other players. And so that's what I did. I that was in like 14th or 15th of January. Um, so I had trained just so hard, like I'd never trained before, because I knew like this is my shot, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, basically trained for those two weeks, showed up to the combine, and then from there there was. I want to say 100, there's definitely more than 100 players, probably 100, 120 players mm-hmm. um, that showed up. We did it at Titan, and it was just um, like three, two or three-day thing, I can't remember. Um, and then from there, played really well, did my thing, and then after that, I finally got signed. <laughs> he reached out and, and contract and everything. And, so. and, uh, and that was your first pro contract? First pro contract, yeah. 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 First how did, how contract. did that feel? Like, What were your emotions going through that when you Yeah, so... Um, I was actually, I was in the airport. Um, I was with my family. We were going somewhere. On vac- I think it was Christmas vacation. We were going somewhere uh-huh. when I got the call um, that that he was going to offer me a contract. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, it was just like, 
so so happy yeah like I, like I have there's a video my mom took a video she was so uh. happy and I just <laughs> hugged my family and everything um but that so it's the, the timing is weird so he called me in December told me that he was like gonna offer me a contract but then he was like look just come to the combine and then we'll see so it's but even after that it was kind of like yeah well, I don't know nothing's for sure until and then yet, and yeah. then for sure he called me after the combine and that's when I like he offered me a contract and everything and that's when I celebrated and everything mm-hmm. um great feeling like I was just in my house alone. Uh, no one was there, and I was yeah. just smiling. Like I was like, oh, "I really did it. Like it's gonna happen." Did you Did you feel like it was like finally like a yes, like dude, cute relief? A hundred percent. I was like so because if you would have just been like, "Look, like when we can't sign you or anything," mm-hmm. I literally had no plan. Like I probably would have spent another year trying to find a team. At that point, it's end of January, right? Yeah. Like yeah. everybody has already either signed their players or like because preseason's about to start. Yeah. Right. Um, but it ended up going good for me. So he called me. Sent the contract that day, mm-hmm. signed it. And yeah, because that's what everybody has said about their first pro contract to everyone. Of like, you, it's an amazing feeling. You're happy, but the for, especially for me, the first time it was like just like such yes. a weight off my shoulders, just a relief, like, a relief of like God, about time. Uh-huh. Like I've been working this hard this long, finally. You know, it, it was. Yeah. Le- it, it, I always expected to be like this huge surprise, like oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You know, but it's, it was more of like it's about time. Like yeah, because mine was from. I mean, I showed up July 29th. Yeah. My, that was the first day that I went to train. Mm-hmm. And I didn't sign my contract till January 15th or 16th. Yeah. So yeah. it was all that time of, like, grinding every day, working hard, <laughs> like, months going by of not knowing, like, in the dark. <laughs> and then finally being, like, he's sending the contract over today. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, finally. I think the best part is, like, finally being able to... When someone says, so what do you do? Like, to be like, I'm a pro soccer. Yeah. That's, that was my favorite part. <laughs> that happened to me when I was, uh, the first time I went to get a haircut. Uh-huh. And you know how they do a little small talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What do you do? I was like, I, I play professional soccer. <laughs> and it's like that feeling like, yeah. oh, wow. Like, yeah. it's, it's really, really true. Because <laughs> before in that time, like, I had a long time before I signed my first pro contact yeah. like that, too. From the minute I dropped out until I signed was, like, over a year. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it was the same thing. People would ask me, like, what do you do during that time period and I, I felt like I was lying if I said I was a pro soccer player because I hadn't signed a pro contract Dude, so I yeah. kept on being like well yeah, I, I finished school I'm trying to go pro but it was like it just doesn't fit. it was like I hated that exact hated same that. thing because <laughs> those six that from July to January yeah. like what are you doing and I'd be like well I used to work at Hilti now I'm trying to go play pro Yeah. and they were like well why aren't you a pro yet? yeah, yeah like, wait, when you're not pro and it's like that gap where no one understands that, yeah. like, you're just on trial so I, I would just tell people like, yeah, I'm gonna try with the Roughnecks. Like, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, and sometimes I would I would hate it because it's like, you know how like that that vision that you get like, yeah, I'm trying to go pro now, and mm-hmm. it's just like that kid is nowhere near actually going pro. Yes. but he's like trying to do yeah, and I didn't want to be that kid. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. so true. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. it's funny. It's it's all very similar. So then, okay, so you signed the contract, you come mm-hmm. in, um, and then that's the season. Then you, yeah. how was your first? Signing the contract before the season started, you went through preseason with the Rubnecks. How was that preseason, and now how's season been? Yeah, it's been it's been amazing um, because that it happened so quick because the combine was like a three day thing, middle of January, and preseason started like January twenty second. Yeah, like you guys, you, you got were, here right, like yeah, I got here the twenty first or twentieth. Yeah, yeah, we had that weekend before we had just played, and I was I was playing like back to back ninety minute games. Yeah. Because I remember the first day that we were, like, coming in, you're like, I'm still sore. Like, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> so sore. Like, my hamstrings were so yeah. sore. I went back, back to back to back. And then and then he finally signed me. But I had no rest. Like, mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, right into preseason. Yeah. So that, w- that honestly was tough. And especially, like, at the high level and everything. Mm-hmm. 
and I had think about it, I haven't been playing for a year. Like mm-hmm. I had just been playing Sunday league. So that was tough, but I like adjusted I guess well. Um, and then it's been great from there. Obviously like team came in and everything, met everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, went through the, the preseason. Um, I thought it was good. Um, like good games, you know, mm-hmm. I got some got some time. I feel like everybody does, you know, everybody gets some time. Mm-hmm. And then by the time season started, I like had to grind my way through a little bit still, yeah. you know, because um, especially because your first year, you're rookie and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's not that like just because you're a rookie, you won't play, but it definitely is. You have that like you just got. You just grind. don't have experience. Yeah, you just don't like, experience. Yeah. You're just like, okay, this is my first year. Like I just yeah. got to grind it out. So especially when like the season started, like I wasn't getting that many looks or chances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like back of my mind, same kind of thing. I was like, look, just do your thing, show up every day, and like th- good things are gonna happen. And then by the time. I think my first my first actual game was the Open Cup game mm-hmm. in like second week of May when we played Austin. It's like mm-hmm. I like that's when I first got minutes, um, and then from there it was good. Had a good game and kind of went from there. Uh-huh. Got more playing time, kind of built trust with the coach and everything. And yeah, then I've gotten more looks since then. Yeah, because that's the that's the thing. Any any player coming in, it's like it's like it's the trust it's like okay yeah. you know especially for the someone who's like on the first pro contract mm-hmm. it's like is this guy going to get a red card in the box like mm-hmm. right in the final minutes is yeah. this guy going to do this is this guy going to you know slip up on this play so it's like little tiny things um but yeah it's, it's first for first season it's good like yeah yeah and then um uh and then so obviously we no idea i don't even i people always want me a question people always want me to ask is like what's your plan for next year but like yeah. it's like i, I know like as a pro <laughs> you know you can't play in more than a week i don't even know who we're playing after this weekend i know we have monarchs this weekend right. and that's all I, I i live my life week by week by week yeah. <laughs> yeah um but i'm guessing for off season you'll be you'll be in tulsa training same yeah. thing yeah same thing it, it's true like you don't know because obviously i signed a one-year contract mm-hmm. and it's like um it's just up in the air yeah, like, yeah. three months from now you yeah no one you, really knows three like, months from now you could be resigning to come back you could be getting an opportunity over in in sweden yeah. you could literally it's it's crazy it's a crazy crazy experience mm-hmm. um and this i'll finish this off i'll ask uh, like three questions that i always yeah. ask everybody yeah um but number one is what was the the absolute best moment of your career like if you could look back on everything do you is there one moment that really sticks out to you <sighs> There was so I, one one moment that I always remember. Um, okay, I'm gonna say two. Yeah, go to, for, no, no I, rules. I got to, no rules. Right? <laughs> no, I, no, only one. <laughs> I got to play. So in high school, being in Mexico City, I got to play in the Estadio Azteca. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the biggest wow. stadiums in the world. Mm-hmm. In my in our league for high school, we made the final. Got to play there. That was definitely a highlight. Just walking into the stadium mm-hmm. and seeing like it was packed too, huh? Yeah. Oh, hundred thousand <laughs> people. Yeah. Probably like my mom, my dad, like three or four people. Um, so we got to play there. That experience, like just hands down, a stadium that size with a club that plays there is yeah, one of the yeah. most known clubs in Mexico. It was amazing. So that, and then I would say, fast forward to college. Um, my college coach and I was like amazing like definitely like a role model for me kind of mm-hmm. like a second dad you know he uh we were playing eastern illinois so we were in the summit league or yeah. he was in the summit league and we were playing a big conference game against eastern illinois and i'll never forget this memory so i didn't even score the goal like uh one of my friend um Tarek nichols chopped a guy in the box it's overtime uh-huh or yeah was, i think it was overtime or like dying minutes of the second half something uh-huh. like that chopped a guy finished back post and we go to the corner and like dogpile and all i remember is our coach sprinted from the other side 
all the way and jumped on our dog pile and like celebrated with us. And I just remember that moment yeah. like so vividly. And to see him like celebrate with us, yeah, one, one of those memories I'll never forget. That's cool. That was definitely yeah. a highlight of my career. And then obviously like getting signed. That's yeah, great. but that's, yeah. that's good. And then now the flip side, what was the what was the darkest period of your life? Like the worst in your career where you're like, man, I'm gonna quit. Do you have one of those moments? Um, oh. Definitely not in college. Uh-huh. I, I definitely, like, four years of college, I was never, n- never thought, like, oh, I just need to quit. I'm done over this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really had injuries that, you know, I never had, like, an ACL or something where, like, I broke a bone yeah. that, like, a lot of times bring guys down. I mm-hmm. never had that. So I was kind of blessed there. But if I had to think of one, it was that period where I knew I wanted to play but I was in the situation where I couldn't because I was working full-time and I had no direction on how to get there. That frustration of being like, you know you have it in you, but you have no idea and you look forward and be like, how do I get to that place? I can see it from a distance, but I can't can't get there. Mm -hmm. That feeling was, was tough for sure. Yeah. I know that's uh, that's like a recurring theme in your life is to is like to just not know how to do it. You yeah. know, like you literally, it's like sending just a kid. Just ah, here we go, go. Yeah, go no, no one did it before me, so it was yeah. just like mm-hmm. thrown out there deep end, and you're mm-hmm. like survive and you do it. It's worked out. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah. Um, all right, and then the last question I have: If you could go back, um, let's say you could go back to any time in your life to okay. younger Matt in like yeah, a time yeah. machine and give him a piece of advice, what would be one piece of advice that you would give him? Oh wow. Um, I got good questions. <laughs> yeah, these are good questions. One piece of advice, um, and you can and you can think too. Like some players like to go back to like when they were in high school. I've had one go all the way back to when he was like ten. Mm-hmm. Um, some just go back a year ago or something. Like whenever, sometime in your life that you think that you would need, like or help him out or something. That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. It's because uh, I think for me in my story, because I I went from like walking on to college and then basically walking on to pro. Yeah, that's what you, it was pro walk on. Basically, what I did. Yeah. Basically, what I did. Yeah, it's just like I had no direction, showed up, and then they took me. You yeah. know, but I did that in college, and then five years later, I did that pro. <laughs> um, I would say in those moments, because there were so many doubts and like just not knowing, mm-hmm. kind of like the theme is just not knowing what's next. It just trusting god honestly i would tell because there were times i just doubted and everything um but i knew that they're like ultimately there's a plan and mm. you know the lord had something better for me even though i didn't know it mm. so i would just tell myself and especially kids that are 16 17 like you have no direction but just trust and like, yeah. it's all gonna work because religion's a big part of your life right? yeah and your family's yeah so my dad's a pastor my yeah. mom's a pastor i grew up in the church um mm. they started a church in mexico mm. they're affiliated with the church here um so yeah, it's it's always been a part of my life um and so definitely for me, it was like just trusting the Lord, trusting God that there's a bigger plan and that he had it all kind of figured out, even mm-hmm. though I couldn't see it. Because I couldn't see it. I was just, I would look at him like, I don't know how to do this. And now looking back, it's like, look how he took me every single step of the way. And now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. All right. And then anything else? Last thing that you want to say or anything? Um, I, something I always tell, I got a couple of weeks ago, I had a chance to speak to a group of middle schoolers and I just, I just spoke to them about following their dreams and mm-hmm. so i just tell people a lot of kids that maybe listen to this or even older people like it doesn't matter like mm-hmm. i was i was 25 years old when i went pro yeah like that's not that's ideal old, like most yeah. kids are going pro 10 years before that right yeah. 
But um, I knew that deep down it was something that I wanted to do, and I had always said I wanted to do it. Um, so I'll just say like, hey, follow your dreams. Like, mm. do do that thing that's inside of you. Um, and something inspirational for me too is when I quit my job. It was a really good paying job, mm. and I had to quit it to make nothing for like three months. Yeah. And one of my friends, like, not one of them, like a lot of them were like, what are you doing? Like, you, you have a really good job, all this stuff. Um, but one of them specifically was like, he told me he was like, dude, there's there's things that I want to do. Like, but I can't, I just can't give up my job right now to do those things that I really want to do. Like, I'm kind of doing this job that I don't want to do, but I can't give it up to do my real dreams. But he told me that, like, I was an inspiration for him. Mm -hmm. That he was like, man, you actually did it. You actually, like, walked out on your job um, that you didn't really want to do, I didn't have a passion for, and you did mm -hmm. what you would love to do. Yeah. And that, when he told me that, that really, that hit home, and I was like, yeah, I did do this. Now, yeah. now look. Because it, it is cliche to be like, oh, follow your dreams, but it's, yeah. it's, it's like it's. I always say that. Like oh, and a lot in my videos all the time. It's cliche, but it's it's so true. True. You know? Yeah. One hundred percent. And like the risk. Yeah. It's it's risky. Mm -hmm. But like looking back on it, it's so worth it. Like I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Like I'd rather make a lot less now and play mm -hmm. than be at a desk job eight to five mm -hmm. and make a lot. And less. that's the same. Like I was an applied math ma mathematics major at yeah. University of California, mm -hmm. and like I. Uh, was one semester and I was going to get my applied mathematics degree mm -hmm. and like I was looking into going to like being an actuary or doing something like accounting or something but like it was the same thing like I was like yeah I could make great money um, but like I was like it just I couldn't I just imagine trying to sit down and imagine my life every single day doing that mm -hmm. and I was like I would, I would rather make zero I would rather pay you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> go in debt <laughs> and, and go after this and so and that's what I always ask myself like even now when I have like tough times I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. like okay well What's the alternative? You're gonna quit? Would you rather do a normal job, or are you happier here doing what you're doing now? And every time I'm like, no, I'm pretty happy doing this, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but that's awesome. So great, awesome, Matt. Thank you for coming on the Against All Odds podcast. Absolutely. Finally, I've been trying to get him on for three or four <laughs> weeks now. He's a busy guy. <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, so I hope you guys like this one. Hit the thumbs up button if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on Spotify or iTunes, I don't know what to do. Um, but just subscribe or do something. All right, guys. Peace. Yeah.